May 30, 2018, it's a Watt from Pedro show.
Watch for Pedro show. Uh, Wednesday here. Pedro, we had some rain last night and this morning. But it's uh, April showers bring May flies away. It's the last days of May. You know what? I should have played Blue Oyster Cult. You know, they got this song, The Last Days of May. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> Sorry. Next year, people. Um, I did thank Skipper Jeff for reminding me. Uh, and I have played it on the show many times. We started off this uh, show with on G- Green Dolphin Street, which is uh, John Coltrane's last tour of Miles Davis, 1960. Uh, and then we heard uh, the Bonner Slick Duo doing Ready, Set, Exercise. And yeah, Brother Matt indisposed, but I am not totally man alone here in Pedro because the wonders of those engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. We got Julie Slick on board from uh, Philadelphia. That's correct. Hello. How are right. you? Right. Thanks for being on so much. Uh, people, Julie Slick is a bass sister I got turned on to from Petra Hades. We got to give big thanks to Pet to make the connect. Yeah. And uh, have you been to 33rd Street in your town and seen John Coltrane's pad? I have not, actually. I've ridden past it on my bicycle. It's, but by, it's kind of by the zoo? Go, actually. Yes. Yeah. North side of town, there was a, a p- pad I used to play there called the North Star Bar. Yeah, that's in my neighborhood. Oh, I then you, you don't live far from him. Nope. I grew up, <laughs> like, that was my neighborhood bar, basically. That was, like, I played many a gigs there. Okay, because he's just a, little, a few blocks north of there. This pad he built with his GI Bill. A cousin Mary lived there after. He he moved to, of course, to Long Island, Dix Hills, and ended up Right, Love Supreme, and uh, uh, yeah, and he's putting the ground there with Alice and Pylon. But uh, really important about uh, the 33 Street pad is that's where he kicks junk the year I was born. Anyway, don't mean to get off the beaten trail, but Richard Meltzer said that was a great thing because when John Coltrane did that, because everybody thought you had to be fucked up like Bird, you know. So mm-hmm. when John Coltrane did that and then got even better, he, uh, Richard Meltzer said, uh, John Coltrane kicked dope out of the temple. <laughs> so that's kind of intense. Uh, I want to ask you, Julie, what's your earliest, way before the North Star Bar, what's your earliest music recollection? Oof. Well, my parents, you know, they're hippies, so they took us to concerts starting pretty young. And I saw Dire Straits, like Mark Knopfler, shredding at, like, the local arena at the Spectrum when I was six years old. I would say that's pretty early memory. And then I also saw Paul McCartney that year and Eric Clapton and then Peter Gabriel the year after that. So that was, like, you know, from a pretty young age, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, like, between the ages of six and seven, getting it. We're talking about the 70s. <laughs> right? Emerson Lake and Palmer. No, talking but Mark Knopfler is 80s. Yeah. Yeah, this, I'm talking about like, yeah, I'm talking early 90s, like, because I was born in 86. Ah, so it's another version. It's a later version. Because totally. I saw Emerson Lake and Palmer a bunch of times, but it was yeah. in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. My pool cleaner friend Tony, he loved them. And uh, man, they'd play like three, four hours. They do whole albums. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, he's like, you know, Emerson Goat used to go crazy. And, you know, Seeing that as a kid, that was like you know heavily impacted. Last me. time I saw him, he twirled on a piano in the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're talking Philadelphia. You know somebody I met from Philadelphia. 
that lives here in Pedro. Uh, Linda Bukowski, she used to come to Minuteman gigs. And she told me when she was, you know, she's from Philly, but she met uh, Charles Bukowski at a, I think, in Redondo Beach at a health food pad or something. Anyway, she said in when she was living uh, uh, younger in Philadelphia, she smoked a Leno with Jimmy. <laughs> That's a good story. Okay, so what about, okay, your parents are hippies, so kind of lifestyle, but, but uh, they're obviously listeners and gig guards. Were they also music makers? Totally. My dad, like, he's got this insane guitar collection. So, like, as kids, like, that's what me and my brother played on. My brother's a musician, too. He plays drums and guitar. And so he's got, like, in the 80s, he collected all these insane, like, old Gibsons and Fenders and Ricks and Hoffners. When everybody was collecting, like, synths and keyboards and stuff, my dad was collecting guitars. So Okay, for your brother. And your brother's older? My brother's a year younger. Oh, he's younger. Yeah, so, uh, but there's, there's stuff in the house. That's the point. You grew up with music, oh, yeah. musical instruments in the in the pad. And oh yeah. And what about what about? Did he want it, you know his kids to play? My dad and my mom. Yeah. I mean, of course, if that's with like the you know oh, he, the you, instruments all lying around, you know, and also Julie, did your uh, did your mother play too? Well, she didn't necessarily. She can play a little bit on the classical guitar, but her father played trombone and he played with Buddy Rich and Billie Holiday when he was like a kid he was kind of like this child prodigy wow. and he would be going up to New York and it's he only would 100 miles up there yeah it's very close so I'm you know the Amtrak once and you know yeah. bone is still bass clef so maybe you know it was running through you <laughs> totally <laughs> okay so what about what about uh you know those gigs was their idea uh, what was the first gig that you went to on your own? Well, you know, since I was born in 86, I had to, you know, I grew up through like the 90s era of music. And I think, uh, unfortunately, my, the first gig that I wanted to go to was probably a Bush concert. Okay. <laughs> probably no more Nirvana touring, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they, he died when I was Okay, what, what about this? What about the first record you bought yourself? Well, that was again a, probably a Bush album the same year. Okay. But, here's a, but here's the thing, though. Soon <laughs> I after didn't mean that, to laugh. Okay. Soon, soon after that is when you know I started studying at the this quote unquote school of rock, which wasn't an wasn't an actual school. It was just this dude, this nut Paul Green teaching kids out of his apartment, and he called it the school of rock. And uh, that's how I got hooked up with Adrian and everything. You know, playing with Adrian Blue for the last twelve years. Um, was through the school I, of rock? Yeah. So what, what about what about in safety. actual school, like uh, grade school and high school? Was there music classes? Uh, not really. I mean, it was. A, I went through the Philadelphia public school system, yeah. and unfortunately, they didn't have such an emphasis on the arts. And I went to a very you know academically you know challenging school. You had to have you know very high scores to get in, and et cetera. It was a magnet school. Okay. But the, even still, there wasn't like a strong emphasis on on the arts and music. You know, you had to if you wanted to be in band, you had to you know get up early and do that sort of thing. But you know, it was it was well, very what about- strict. Uh, since a magnet school, probably no football team. No, God, no. And what I mean is football team needs a marching band. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So You know, like, you know uh, I talk to people on the show because everybody has their own different journey through music. So that's why mm-hmm. I ask these questions because they're always different. Yeah. Okay, so you go, uh, what was his name, this guy in this apartment? 
Uh, Paul Green. Yeah, Paul so Green. Thank similar, you so much. Very similar to Jack Black, you know. So it's like there's very, a lot of parallels to that actual. You mean you know, the, movie, the movie Jack Black uh, yeah. comedy? Yeah, okay. yeah, totally, totally mirrored us. Like you know, they they followed us around in 2002 with some cameras, and they even and said in an article in 2001 when they covered us in Spin magazine, they said like, well, oh, Paul Green, who you know is very Jack Black like. His character. If anybody were to play him in a movie, it would be Jack Black. Wow. So you know, there was a lot of you know conspiracies that that the film kind of copied us. And like, even there's that quiet girl bass player in the movie, and it's kind of like based on me. Some might oh, wow. say. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but you know, Petra. Talking... You know, Petra's sister's married to Jack. He's been on the show. Exactly. Wow. So, uh, Small world. And because yeah. I was wondering about the Adrian Ballou connect, because isn't he like Champagne Urbana or something Midwest? Yep. I mean, so yeah, basically, you know, after Paul started branching out and selling franchises, after the success of the movie, uh, he we went around and went started touring, and he started recruiting, you know, different rock stars that maybe played with Zappa, and you know, that would be interested in, you know, touring with some of the all-star students to help sell more franchises and also continue their legacy it's a good thing for everybody basically it's good for the kids oh so it's like kind of mentoring but at the same time yeah kind That's of legacy kind of. for them yeah 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 it's like they come in it's called like they do a guest professorship sure like, so adrian came down and did one when i was already out of the school i was studying at college i was studying uh at drexel university for recording and that's when Basically, well, I was in my second year, third year. Uh, Adrian had just finished doing the tour, and he was very inspired. And he asked Paul, you know, those kids are really good. Do you have any kids that are a little bit older that, you know, would be more available to tour with me on a regular basis that are in high school? And so Paul recommended me and my brother to be in his power trio. So that was when I got the call uh, in my third year. Oh, that's great. Here, I want to play this uh, Heisenberg Uncertainty from uh, Bonner Slick Duo. Oh, nice.
attack by night for the Roller Girl Regiment. Let's get down and show them how to roll. Troop filled till midnight, that's the way to go. Well, nothing can stop a certain type clan. Keep coming on through, doing the best we can. Follow them down and push it on. Dominate them from now on with a mighty clap of thunder. Make them all step back and wonder. Really show them the drill. They are really going to get their fill. Round and round, skating into the night. Going to conquer them tonight. Reach for the sky, clutching a cloud. Waiting for good times, screaming out loud. Like getting blood from a stone. Or resolve from revenge. No matter what I do, can't get this off of my
LSD סעיפים נוספים. אני רוקם את הסיפור שאיני יכול לכתוב. עוד רגע קאט, כל זה ייעלם. מי שמנצח בסוף הם האבק, היתושים, שבילי העזים, העצים. כיצד נחזור הביתה? כיצד נצטמצם למימדי חדר ילדותנו? כיצד נעשה מילואים? ערב יורד, אך הצבעים עדיין בוהקים, הפולחן לא תם. ממשיכים לחפור באדמה הטובה, האבק מסתלסל סביבנו קהילה. כיצד נחזור הביתה?
Well, for Pedro show, we heard at Heisenberg and certainly, which is a uh, kind of part of something I'm a big fan of. Uh, Mr. Einstein hated, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Heisenberg uncertainty uh, principle. Yeah. I think Mr. Einstein said, "God does not play with dice." Bonner slick duo. After that, Lucy Leave with "Look Listen." The Black Lips, brand new. It won't be long. I think Sean Lennon produced that. Guy by Voice is brand new. Well, you know, every four months, brand new, right? Grace um, <laughs> Bat Matters. Uh, uh, brand new from Art Trip and the Static Sounds. Kirk Plump, Joe Brewer. A couple of acts out of Madison here. Joe Brewer with Attack by Night. Jack Brewer's cousin. Uh, Clutching at Clouds, live TV broadcast from Negative Example at Bucky Pope from the Tar Babies. Then Afternoon Freak, which is a project I got put with last year. We're going to do our debut gig on Bloomsday coming up June 16, Brooklyn Kitchen. Farther south to uh, uh, LSD additional clauses. That's a Tel Aviv fight. Julie Slick with many laughs. Uh, so, t- t- yeah. Tell us about Bonner Slick Duo. Well, that was kind of a, a play date that my mom had set up. You know, this kid had, she was working at my former university's law school. Of course, she didn't work there when I went there to get me a discount in my tuition, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but she started working there when I, when, after I graduated. Okay. And she met this, this drummer's lawyer there. Um, and... So they, you know, were talking and meddling, and then they decided to, you know, oh, well, Carl would love to jam with Julie, and Julie would love, you know, maybe jam with Carl. So basically, it was like this thing set up by my mom, and it was just a fun little thing. Like, Carl would come down during the weekdays before I would go on tour or into work at, like, a restaurant or something, and just, like, record those little, like, minute-long songs. And yeah, yeah. So, you know, this is the earliest stuff I could find on your band camp. So, actually, between the School of Rock and the Bonner Slick duo, you were doing other stuff. You recorded and touring? Oh, yeah. I was in, like, seven bands at one point. Yeah. <laughs> okay, tell, player, me about so. your, tell me about your first gig. Ah, uh, the first gig. Man, well, that... The Adrian, I've had the Adrian Ballou gig for 12 years. That's one so, of the first gigs. Okay, so coming... Well, well, before that, you had some School of Rock with your brother, right? Of course, yeah. And so, you know, like I was saying, we were going around and promoting the school when it was first branching out. And, you know, he was selling franchises. And and actually, and the school sports. is an apartment. But he's he's actually marketing an idea. Because, I, you know yeah. what? I think I did one of these School of Rocks here in L.A. Yeah. It's it's kind exactly. of a franchise, you know. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So we would go around and tour and, like, he would you know, just help sell the franchises. And sure, stuff. sure. Okay. So do, that do you was remember like the, first the first one you did? I, I'm just curious. Do you remember the first one you did? Uh, well, we went to Richardson, Texas, in 2002, and we played this festival, this wildflower music festival there. My brother ate too many corn dogs and threw up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't eat four corn dogs before you play Frank Zappa music. That's Man's got to know his limitations. I think that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So he didn't do too good, but for you it was okay. Yeah. Was it a pants shitter? Yeah, I was fine. You know. Oh, you weren't I mean, scared. No, born, I mean, you think I you're just, born entertainer? Yeah, I'm like, oh, Eric Pukin. All right, whatever. He's gonna be fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was concerned. And yeah. uh, did, did this uh, Bonner uh, Slick Duo do any gigs, or was just for fun recording in between stuff? Uh, we did a few gigs, uh, and it was like mainly improvised. You know, we did some things like where 
uh, I would have my friend call my phone and I would like put my phone up to my bass pickup and make loops of it through my effects pedals and stuff like that. We would have fun like that. Wow. And we would have like the audience make up song names. That's where the Heisenberg's uncertainty, like that, that song title came from like audience participation you crowdsourced yeah exactly make a song based on the title that they've said sometimes it made sense yeah, <laughs> some improvised acting kind of things like that yeah uh you said you went to drexel to learn uh recording yes but did you do any formal stuff besides uh the school of rock with the uh, bass uh no i mean at, at drexel they made us study a little bit of of music like I had to take lessons for a year so I took upright lessons um, and I don't own an upright bass so it was really hard for me to keep up with that I would have loved to stuck with that but unfortunately uh, no <laughs> okay. but but yeah no formal training like I can read music because of it but I'm very slow at reading music I, if you put a chart too, I'm slow yeah, there's no way I'm going to, like... But you're maybe an autodidact. They, they probably were figuring, if you're going to record music, you should be able to make some, too. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I could... Yeah, exactly. That's, That's a good idea. idea. Totally, and that was, like, more of, like, the first-year stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I went there, it was really, like, we were the guinea pigs, We and you felt that. Like, they were changing the curriculum on us all the time, and in our third year, the year that I got the gig with Adrian, yeah. that was when they did, told, told us, like, okay, we decided that we're actually going to split you guys up into two different tracks, and the people that are more interested in the business side of the music industry go to that side, and you take more of, you know, business-related and law-related classes, and the people that are more interested in uh, the tech side and the recording and, you know, the, the inner workings of, you know, MIDI programming and scoring the picture and things like that, you'll go to that side. Of course, I was more into that. Sure. One of, like, two girls <laughs> interested in that. Boys uh, Town. Yeah, of course. I mean, even in the, in the whole class, even in the whole university, it's very male-dominated. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so ridiculous, you know, because look at some traditions like Geisha, Mostly women were doing the music a couple hundred years ago in Japan. Right. So we got to get that going over here. Totally. Maybe a, a little too much time with the clothes and the hair, but... <laughs> totally. I get it. No, but it's weird how things got all divided up like that. It's screwed up. Mm -hmm. uh, now that you've gone through it, Julie, would, mm -hmm. would, would you recommend it to uh, somebody getting into music? What the, would I recommend the School of Rock? Well, no, not about this. <laughs> or, or, or yeah, why not School of Rock? But the Drexel for sure. The School of Rock was good because it got yeah. you out there playing. Totally, yeah. I would definitely recommend that. I mean, and Drexel, yeah, to an extent. I mean, I was already like passionate about recording, and I really felt mm, with, with the the like I was telling you with the type of high school that I went to it was very highly academic so right. they kind of really expected everybody oh you're going to go to college right it was like not a question you know and most of the kids like 30% of them go to Ivy League schools a lot of kids go to Penn and and I felt like oh, kind of a bum for going to Drexel which is ridiculous of course but at least it was applied kind of in the yeah. direction you were going that's one good thing maybe but I also felt like woof you know there's a lot of stuff that I had like kind of already taught myself and I felt kind of bored it wasn't until like the last two years because I will admit like after I got the gig with Adrian I thought hmm you know should I continue 
studying or do, should I just like drop out? I kind of have this gig, but I, of course I know. Become that a working musician. Yeah. Like, what do I do with this degree anyway? And I just decided, well, whatever, I'll just finish anyway. And I ended up, you know, going for another three years. I had to like extend my last year. And finish, That's okay. Like, you know, once I heard, uh, I think of Mr. Wells, no wine before it's time. <laughs> Look, we got to came to the end of the first hour of the May 30, 2018 Watt for Pedro show. Special guest Julie Slick. Hold tight for hour two. May 30, 2018. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. <laughs>
We started the, the second hour off with standard edition doing zit something live and uh, just means to live in some language we don't know we just hit Julie just hit the translator button then why denim at night and dreams Bernays propaganda Pochitok Ikaj as all get out from doers Yate Veo Illumination Moldom and four dimensional nightmare with rolled up dimensions and Kismet Julie Slick and I did it quick like that because. It's the second fucking time. I forgot to hit the record button, people. 17 years later, I'm still do, doing stupid shit like this. Anyway, uh, I would like Julie to tell us, or enlighten us to this, because uh, last hour we ended with many laughs, and that was under her own name. And yes. She, uh, she I, was saying off air that this was the first stuff recorded under her name. Yeah, so I started that, that doing that, the 
solo album stuff uh, in 2010. Basically, after my brother, who was in the power trio with me, with Adrian, from 2006 to 2009, the end of 2009, another band called Dr. Dog, who's very popular in the United States, uh, called him up and asked him to be their drummer full-time, and that meant he could no longer be in the power trio as well. Did so Adrian call it uh, Art Bears? Art Bears? Yeah, because he had a band, I remember, called the Art Bears. The ba- he had a band called The Bears. I thought they were the Art Bears. I'm, I'm talking like in the 70s or something. Or 80s. Yeah, the 80s. He had a band called The Bears. Oh, okay. They used to be called The Raisins before that. Okay. Maybe they were The Art Bears at some point. I don't know. But they definitely were The Bears. And then, and, But at this point, they're just called the Adrian Blue Power Trio. <laughs> yeah, but now it's the Power Trio. But okay. yeah, I mean, he still did a, a Bears tour. God, I don't know how many years ago. Cut like five or six years ago maybe they did one last tour oh, okay. they're like they're just guys he grew up with in ohio like near kentucky and cincinnati okay uh, so your brother drops out so you have to you're not yes. playing with adrian so you have time yes so yeah and i was like and i was also like i'm sad so what do i do oh let me make an album <laughs> so uh I, that's what i did and the song many laughs is actually i played it for my brother and with the hopes of you know, I recorded all these ideas, and I was just thinking, hmm, you know, it'd be really nice if I could get him to play some drums on that, because I had a recording studio set up in my apartment with the drums mic'd up and ready to go. Jesus, drums in an and, apartment? <laughs> yeah, well, it was a glorious apartment. It took, you know, I stayed in my relationship way too long because of that apartment, because it was like no neighbors on one side. Oh. It was like... Like the drum sound was perfect. I'm telling you, like I, w- I walked up the stairs and I clapped. And I saw no standing walls. I was like, oh man, this is perfect. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I had a lot of good drum tracks in there. Like all the sounds you heard before, like on the Bonner Slick Duo stuff, yeah. that was all recorded there. And so I played the song "Many Laughs" for my brother. You know, still with an untitled name that at that point. And he and I, you know, looked longingly at him, like, what do you think? You know. Do you want to play drums on it? And he said, you know, you should play drums on this. And I'm thinking, well, you. <laughs> and then he told me, actually, you should ask Marco Miniman, uh, oh. our friend, you know, who had just met in Russia playing this, like, King Crimson tribute thing. He was playing with Eddie Jobson. So I thought, hmm, I wasn't thinking about that, but hmm, maybe I'll ask Marco. So I emailed Marco, and he wrote back right away and, like, Within the next 24 hours, I had three different drum takes uh, from him. And <laughs> Magic of the I, internet, people. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 these projects brought to you by Dropbox. And, it, I mean, back then, he actually sent me a DVD of drum tracks. This was, you know, just eight years ago. But <laughs> he actually mailed me his drum tracks. And I met, then I mailed him back cookies. To thank him for that. Cookies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 quickly, standard definition. Uh, that was just a, a jam session that I did. It was like uh, I paid a lot of money to go to Drexel, like uh, we talked about, and I yeah. was not sure if it was worth it. Yeah. So at the very end, I was just you know trying to book as much time as I could inside the studio there to sort of you know get my money's worth. And sure. so I had this jam session. Uh, my senior year with my brother and our friend Brian Davis, who's this incredible guitar player. So that was just us goofing around. Okay. And I wanted to put it out because I liked it. Yeah. And so I called... I want to play this from you called Six. Uh, The Six from Terroir. 
Down Beale Street and turning up Main. Me and the Geechee guy walking hand in hand. I asked, Why don't you get a job at Pee Wee's Saloon? The man likes to ramble, she replied, and she'll follow him soon. Across the muddy river, deep and wide. But if she tries to swim the river after him, She's afraid she might die There are places in Memphis Pass that we all can hide Your man is a rambler She again replied And she hung her head Hung her head and cried Hear the Son of Man special rolling over the rail. Dead lights shining red as the brakeman's flash. Back in the alley behind the county jail, I hear guitars playing from Memphis Drag. Rock Island lions are rolling on the bluff through deep river fog, and I see ghosts walk where the cater crosses the yellow dog. There are places in Memphis where you can't hide down by the river on the Tennessee side. The Rock Island bell is ringing through deep river fog. And ghosts are walking where the cave 
Delta Queen River boat. They'll be shooting dice in a horn tonight at the ironclad. All the ladies in silk and pearls will boast and brag. They'll be carousing there until the break of dawn. When they go to sleep like maids on the courthouse lawn Yes, there are places in Memphis where you can't hide Down by the river, deep and wide The Rock Island Bell is ringing through Deep River Falls And ghosts are walking where the Katy crosses The Yellow Dog Johnny jumped off the Mississippi River Bridge And as it sank into the dark Swirling waters below The ether parted with a clap of thunder He left a note to his dealer Ain't it a sacrilege? Now time so slow Now I see a crow circling still where Johnny went under In the distance smoke of burning mansion is rising up I'm riding out of here on the side of a boxcar I split town before but I did not get very far This time I believe, believe I've had enough There are places in Memphis where you can't hide Down by the river on the Tennessee side The Rock Island Bell is ringing through Deep River Falls And ghosts are walking where the cave crosses The Yellow Dog terrible rain I don't know how can I stand that because this is so much wet but I just stay in the house sounds like raining noise if this is a bad weather and I think it's a horrible rain I must stay in the house Whatever raining day Whatever I'm gonna do I know this is 
bad weather It's so strangely noise It has to be a rain Oh, is it raining? I must look out for window But can't you see so much raining? It just feels like water Sometimes I just forget it I can see the grey clouds But you think who was raining quiff It was the grey clouds If this is a bad weather And I think it's a horrible rain I must stay in the house Whatever raining day Whatever I gonna do I know this is bad weather It's so strangely noise It has to be a rain
Watch for Pedro's show. Uh, that was uh, six by Julie Slit. Ah, uh, we forgot to talk about Kismet. Kismet's kind of a lucky thing, right? Yeah, well, that was the, that was one of the few songs on the record where I'm just playing with my brother. It's just the two of us, kind of like uh, the way we used to jam in the living room and try to mess with each other, changing time signatures all the time. Whoa! So a little, uh, <laughs> little, little sparring. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, then we had uh, Falco. Memphis Ramble. He's on tour right now. I think he was in Memphis last night. Uh, Daniel Wakeford out of Brighton with Rainy Day. Raining Day. 
Yeah, because it's kind of raining. Hey, Daniel. Anthems of the Void with From Secret Planes. And finally, Ju- Julie Slick with David Torn doing Sky Park. Who's David Torn? David Torn is an awesome uh, guitar player, composer. He does film scores. Uh, sorry, no, no disrespect, Mr. Torn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, how, how'd this happen? It was just kismet? Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, what, how did it happen? Someone gave me his phone number and like, called me a, a mutual friend, Anil Prasad, uh-huh. I think. And uh, yeah, and he's friends with Pat Mastelato also from King Crimson. And oh, and you then, mean the, yeah. new, the, the, the new version with the three trap sets? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How do they get all that stuff around? <laughs> I don't even know. Got three vans. <laughs> yeah, buses. One, and one, one for Mr. Fripp and his stool. Yeah, but he's, totally. he's an incredible musician. I mean, in, in his legacy, and I'm glad he's balls out. He still takes chances because he yeah. could go out there with just a trio to do that. You know. Yeah. Pretty, pretty adventurous man. I give him a lot of credit. And he's in his 70s now, right? Yeah. It's like 72, I think, or something Yeah, like much respect. Yeah. I remember this bootleg uh, I had. And, uh, you know, he used to have a microphone. He didn't sing, but he would talk between tunes sometimes. And somebody yells out, Boogie. <laughs> this is probably before your time. Arena rock, you know, people would say Boogie. Like Mark Boland said Boogie. Anyway, he gets upset, man. He gets on the microphone, microphone, and he says, "We do not boogie." <laughs> and that is hilarious. I can't imagine it though. Yeah. But like in a, a way, teacher. in a way, he could fucking boogie. He could probably do anything he wants. <laughs> yeah. You know where he's really great that people don't know? He's that guitar on "Heroes" by David Bowie. Of course, yes. Yeah, it's an incredible part, man. Really bitching. Uh, the, the German stuff. I remember uh, I was with the Stooges and we're driving around and Ig hardly ever talked about those times. But he pointed out the window. He goes over there, Mike. And it was a, he pointed at some uh, like garage, uh, auto place, repair place. He goes, we lived right up there by the Potsdamer Platz. And uh, I guess that's where him and David Bowie lived. When, uh, mm-hmm. He was doing what, Idiot? Stuff like that. And then th- those guys were doing the low and the heroes and so okay, so just a chance. Me and you being a, re- do do you record this stuff yourself? Being a recording uh, trained person. Uh, yes, I do record everything on my own to a certain extent, and then That's I take great. it to uh, my friend Todd, who I went to college with at Drexel, uh-huh. and he basically just finishes the mixing. Like it's like. You know, so you have some I perspective. So you, yeah, so you can have some back. perspective. So you're not totally inside. Exactly. The forest <laughs> without the, so, seeing the trees. Yeah, so I, I get it to a certain point where I'm happy, you know, and then I go to Todd and I'm like, Todd, finish it. And now that I'm a, I've been a nomad for the last four and a half years. What's so that I mean, don't nomad? Have, yeah, I don't live anywhere. I just travel around. Couch surf? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so I don't have that glorious drum tracking room anymore. No. So I have to go into the studio anyway and finish the drums there. Because I kind of work backwards for most people. I, I do the drums last. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jesus. That must be I tough for the drummers. What do they play to? Just the music or click? <laughs> yeah. Well, to a click, ideally, you know, I kind of gave our drummer a really hard time on this last album that we did because I changed a lot of, I guess I I kind of messed with the time a lot. And you're talking about Echo Test. We're going to get into this yeah. stuff. But Echo Test actually uh, started as a duet with uh, 
with Marco Machera. Marco Machera, yeah, okay, okay. And we're in fact we're going to play the <laughs> the third hour here. We're at the end of the second hour, May 30, 2018, Dishwap Pedro Show. Special guest Julie Slick. Hold tight for hour three. May 30th, 2018, it's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show.
shade of American flags And go beat up those kids Those neighborhood books Those caricatures of the things that I wanted So bad, but I threw my skateboard away Stay home, sleeping, burn
farm stuff on the rafters Like the flames of a burning barn Like the goat cries I'd imagine The alarm When I went up In Ohio When I went up In Ohio When I went up In Ohio Okay, here we go. Well, for Pedro Show, uh, started the third off, hour off with Crush from Julie Slick and Marco Machera. Then uh, Midwestern Medicine with Locker Combinations, uh, NATO Face, No Barcode, Oswaldi Both, El Fada and the Camel's Back from Ghost Car, and finally Julie Slick and Marco Machera, Green, something live, uh, called Green. And uh, this is the band that ends up being Echo Test. Uh, yeah. But this is the beginnings, right? Yes, we were just called Julie Slick and Marco McCarra because we were just a duo. Uh, and, and we were talking out, about I, composition I, yeah. off air, and the way Julie yeah. Slick likes to work, she don't like. Of course, the drums are last, like she uh, enlightened us to it. But she don't like playing to a click track. So what she'll do because she's used to playing with her brother, and she programs. What, what, what kind of machines? You were telling me three different. <laughs> Yeah, I just open up. I, I have like logic. So this is where I use oh, my okay. college training as yeah. I get logic open, and sure. then I usually will use the Ultra Beat uh, thingy, yeah. <laughs> and I'll program like three different drum sets usually, and that'll, you know, I'll, I'll usually have like a riff first, and then I'll, you know, get the drums to where I think feels good, and then at least I get it start like to a place where I could at least record the idea and then I'll work depending on how I'm feeling the song if I have like different parts you know I might record all the parts that I have to that one drum idea and then I go back and I edit the drums that's usually how I work now when Marco comes in do you take away the drums no I always leave everything in so I mean, he's like uh, it's like uh I don't know, Jambo and a Clyde Stubblefield. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's kind of hard, you know, because it's like he's a bass player too, so, you know. Oh, he and, is. And, oh, that's and, right. And, I saw in the credits it said bass, yeah. Yeah, so we're both bass players, and then and then we give it to a drummer after that. So it's basically like a bass duo and a drum duo because of oh. all the drum programming that I end up doing. It's like, try to find your space. Good luck. <laughs> Thumbs up, you know. Like, it's the hardest thing for me when I have an idea to kind of, uh, hold back, if you will, and not like record all of the parts. I mean, sometimes Leave my some idea room. is the, yeah. sometimes my idea is the quote unquote bass, and then sometimes my ideas are not. Uh, they're more like in the guitar realm of things because I'm playing the bass six. Ah, uh, so you get up there in the high end. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I you know I, I did a session with Jim Keltner. I did a session with Jim Keltner once, and he pointed yeah. up to the frets way up high on the neck. He goes, mm -hmm. upper register. Then he yeah. pointed to the frets way down there by the F and F sharp. and the, He said, cash register. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny. Because that's what a producer, right, in a session, that's where he wants the bass. He don't want that stuff up. 
Yeah. I, I thought I that was great. So, so um, the credits also say percussion. So he's not really doing trap set percussion. He's just doing little. Oh, okay. So, so mainly, do you know about dose? Yes, of course. Yeah, because yeah, I'm in a two bass <laughs> duet too, but yeah. we never really worked with the drum. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'm gonna. Um, you guys end up changing your name to Echo Test. Yeah, it started getting too awkward because we would do tours with other people, and it would be like, okay, Julius Lake and Marco McCarran featuring Pat Mazzolato and Tim Mutzer. It was just like, <laughs> all right, we need a name to call ourselves because it's getting too much. <laughs> like, I don't mind if they call it, you know, Julius Lake's Echo Test or Marco McCarran's Echo Test. I wouldn't mind if they called it anything else. <laughs> but you don't want to sound like a marquee at the bottom of the movie poster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got this tune here called The Mirror's Writing. You want to tell us about that? Yes. Is this the first stuff under Echo Test? Yes. Yes. And, this, yes. and I can wait until... Am I supposed to wait? No, you can let's preview it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna. I mean, it's called that because we wrote it backwards, and that's why it's called the mirror writing. <laughs> wow! Oh, Leonardo da Vinci, right? I think yeah, he wrote exactly. the mirror. God, it was God. like we came up with that ending riff first, with all the crazy harmonizer pedals uh-huh. like working together, and it was like, "Ooh, that's cool!" But that's an ending for a song. So how do we? Do, so we were like, "How do we get to backwards. there?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, let's listen.
Watch for Pedro show. Uh, yeah, the mirror right echo test. Uh, you know, going against the uh, sequential way of doing things and, and yeah. taking it backwards. And uh, Zero Den after that still hanging on as it was never meant to be. I think that's a WFMU live recording. I'm going to get to go there next month to do one of those. I heard Brian Turner just quit there. Or maybe thrown out. I don't know. Stick Sellers. Long Gone, Spice Pistol Stop, Paranoid State, Fire Burning, Evil Hearted You, Don't Ask, and finally Supercell, Echo Test. What a tune, Supercell. Tell me about that tune. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, well, Supercell, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a big thunderstorm. Yeah, that, right. I was almost killed like, by one in Finland. You know, it was kind of inspired after, uh, I, I play in a Talking Heads tribute sometimes, and you know, a lot of those songs, like, you know, Adrian, what do you think? Of, what's your opinion of Tina Weymouth? Awesome. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Julie. What's your opinion of Tina Weymouth? I think she's an incredible bass player. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's so difficult to be able to like lay down those grooves, like so. Like that song, as I say, is like you know the bass line pretty much repeats the same the whole time until uh-huh. the wild guitar solo ending. And it's really an exercise in discipline, you know. You get Spain, a whole new yeah, yeah, like. You know, the quality I always thought she had was she's very pneumatic. She pumps up the fucking trip. Yeah, totally. And she just plays the same, like, a lot of those tunes, like, she's just playing the same line, like, the whole, like, seven minutes sometimes. (laughs) And that takes a lot of stamina. And, you know, it may not be the most difficult, dexterous thing ever, but it ends up being a challenge when you think, like, when you actually are put in that position, like, doing it. Oh, yeah, like the, uh, Jim Brown's bands, you know? Yeah. Jesus. The, the, uh, I remember this drummer guy kind of fusion, and, hey, why don't you try some, man, I don't need uh, some beats. Man, I don't need any beats. I don't need to do beats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so be it. Which, what's your yeah. next plans, Julie? So next plans, uh, I got we have some gigs with Adrian coming up uh, at the Iridium in New York. Um, that's coming up next week, the sixth through the ninth. Uh, that'll be fun. Just getting to jam with good old Adrian again uh, for four days, and then we're doing another like one-off little clinic at Sweetwater in Indiana, and then I'm gonna finish an album number four uh, with Echo Test called Daughter of Ocean. So that should be coming out. It's a very spooky album about ghosts. Whoa. So so I'd probably try to put that out around Halloween time. That's a goal. Uh, so we just have to finish. Oh, of course. <laughs> one, one more song like needs vocals, I think. I mean, we got we're, we're we're always increasingly like you know experimenting more in the vocal world because I don't sing. But I always I like singing, and I always like to have my friends who are good singers sing stuff. So, yeah, there's one song that I would like more. You like that so, component of music? Where, yeah. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, the music best found on my Bandcamp, so that would be julieslick.bandcamp.com. Uh, otherwise, julieslick.com needs a, an update terribly, and I will update it, damn it, because I'm talking about it now. Yeah, great, Because right. <laughs> the way I look at a personal webpage, it's like a fanzine. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's nobody in between. Right. I think it's the greatest totally. thing in the Internet. Why do yeah. we all have to go to the, like, mall, you know, the fake-look mall, 
Why can't yeah. we have our own little fanzine? So totally. if you get a chance, update that thing. I know, you're so right. So people, that's right. J-U-L-I-E-S-L-I-C-K dot com. That's right. And, uh, yeah, your journey, I mean, I love your music. Pet turned Thank me on to it. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, I'm a little biased, a little bass-oriented, but <laughs> just whatever is music. I just love it. And, uh, and what you're doing in your story, man, very, very interesting. Uh, inspiring. And so uh, I want you to keep on keeping on, please. Well, keep, thank uh, you, and it's been an honor to be to be on your show. Thank you so much. Oh wow! <laughs> I want safe seas for you. No supercells. <laughs> I want you to keep the keel in the water. But I love the way you you, you roll the dice, man, and you you love taking chances. That's very inspiring. <laughs> thank and, uh, you. Yeah, it is. It is because so much stuff is sleepwalking and connecting dots or whatever the color by numbers. And, yeah, uh, I think this has always been a human problem. I don't think it's just a modern thing. So uh, right. keep being in your pioneer spirit, <laughs> Sister Julie. People, it's yeah. been the May 30th, 2018 edition of Wild for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.